This is Too Much Movie Night, your favorite movie podcast where we go back in time and break down our favorite movie night movies. Here tonight we have our horror week. JJ got a winning pick of Sinister. Tonight we have Brian, JJ, and Alyssa on the mic. Welcome in, everybody. Brian, can you clarify something for me? Maybe. Is it horror week or is it horror week? A little bit of both. Okay, mm. just checking. A little bit of both. Hmm. With Steve out the picture, that is truly questionable. The rural juror. Yeah. I almost went with scary week because horror just does not roll out. Hell, this could be the cardigan crew, if that's what you want to call it. All you guys watching on YouTube and Spotify, yes, we had to fit the vibe from the uh, writer's perspective. Alyssa hooked me up with one myself here, but uh, yeah, I'm nice and cozy tonight. Loving it. Mm. I mean, honestly, JJ's looking the best. Thank you. Thank you. You heard it here first, folks. Mm. But I mean, what a what a what a better movie to watch than you know a nice horror movie right here in October, spooky season. Fall is in mm -hmm. the air. We got our cardigans on. We're comfy, cozy, and we're just ready to be scared. Yes, exactly. I was able to watch this movies with the windows open. It's nice and crisp out. Mm -hmm. Love it. <clears throat> this is the time of year Brian and I usually jump into watching only scary movies. I do not like Saw, but I love Saw at the same time. And we always usually break in October with watching all of them. So seeing the new one is definitely on our list. But it was nice hmm. to keep the trend going with Sinister. And then maybe throwing in a few other on the side to kind of figure out what we want to nominate for the rest of October. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, we got one next, one more week of uh, scary season, and uh, I'm I'm excited for it. Hopefully, I get a win. That'd be that'd be nice to see. Oh, it's just gonna be I don't think you will. Left and right, yeah. I know. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> well, JJ, as we said, this was your pick. This was your win. Uh, tell us about it. What was your first interaction with this movie? After I got kicked out of college the second time. I moved in with a guy who absolutely loves scary movies. Like he watches a horror movie like two or three a night and he'll fall asleep on the third one and like doze off. Yeah. He would watch them all the time. And so this one was a con like on constant rotation in our living room. No matter what, like it would be July and like, we're like, Hey, we're going to this 4th of July party, walk out and he's watching sinister. And it's like, okay, that's cool. That's a weird fit. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, I don't give a shit. I it, they they don't bother me, so I'd watch them all the time too. But they uh, did get the a little old. scare factor though. I couldn't imagine walking through the living room and all of a sudden, you know, that huge loud noise comes through. All of a sudden, you spill whatever snack you got. You know, it's just I mm -hmm. hate the jump scare. I think that's one of my least favorite parts, and why the horror genre, of the scary, you know, it just it doesn't appeal to me as much. Yeah, but after you've seen a movie three times, like really have seen it, doesn't that go away a little bit? Like, you know, it's coming. 
So you might get a little bit of a jump scare, but it's not a real fright. I mean, there's there's definitely, I say, select few that you watch that you like can nail down, and it's like, yeah, that doesn't bother me. But I think there's always going to be that tactic of, you know, like oh, I've seen this movie a hundred times, and you just start looking at your phone, and then you're like, holy shit, like, right? Hmm. True. It's like that video. Remember when, um, like in YouTube's first three years of being YouTube, the video of the Chrysler or the German car going down the hillside, and then all of a sudden it's like that monster zombie face that pops in and screams at you. Yeah, those no matter. Videos got big. Yeah, you know what's coming, but it still makes you every time. And it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just not getting used to this cardigan thing. You know, this whole, like, I feel like some 50s, 60s, middle-aged woman, you know, protecting my goods when I'm answering my window or my door at 2 a.m. to some officer knocking. Yeah, I just I just don't know. I don't know. It's a whole personality. It. It's got an energy to it, that's for sure. <laughs> You're becoming a Swifty. Hmm. Oh, I'm on, I'm on Travis's You're side. You're the cardigan thing. crew? Mm. Wow. I'm on Travis's side. But Alyssa, tell me, what was your first experience with this movie? When did you first see it? Well, I was just trying to look up when did this drop? I don't remember what year it came out. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So that would have been. I don't remember if I saw this in theaters or not because I was trying to think about this the other day, and Brian and I save all of our movie stubs. And so we really need to sit and take that little frame apart and go through some of these movies that we've done because we could tell you the exact day that we all probably all went to go see it together. Oh, but yeah. I don't remember the first time I saw this. And honestly, I had to watch the trailer because for me, scary movies, I watch them this time of year and there's not many that I will repeat just because. It's me pushing myself outside of my comfort zone to be thrill seeking. I don't really want to go back for that round two. So mm -hmm. I couldn't remember what this movie was, which was kind of nice watching it this time around. I didn't know how it ended and I got to kind of watch it again. Like it was a brand new movie. Um, although I love the show entourage and this main character gives me Johnny drama vibes and I wished it was him the whole time. I feel like the reactions and the facial expressions would have been better. And I, I do feel like it, it lost a quarter of a slice because he would have made it better for me. <laughs> yeah. There's been several times I've seen Ethan Hawke and things and I'm like, is that, is that Johnny drama? Yeah. But yeah, no, it's not quite. I guess Johnny drama is kind of the ugly brother of that. I don't know. Oh, he's got so much rice and pizzazz. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> uh, well, this was definitely, I know I did not see this in theaters. Uh, I'm not a big scary movie person. I do kind of get that bug in me in October, but uh, I probably didn't see this till a few years after college. Uh, it was probably, so I guess, I don't know. It was probably six, seven years ago, the first time I saw this movie. And yeah, I remember liking it. I remember enjoying it as far as what the movie had, but I think I blacked out the entire movie. Just the scary thought, like 
I hate going in <laughs> attics. I have moved in so many houses in my lifetime. I don't like going in the attic. I just, what am I going to find? It's always something weird. One random Nothing thing, you touch there. it, it possesses No, you. you don't fit in the attic, first off. <laughs> well, most houses, yes. That's why I got my buddy JJ who's able to fit up there for me. But yeah, I just, I've never... Uh, but you know what? I gave it a shot. I, I liked the movie, but coming into it, this was probably, I guess, my second time watching it. I enjoyed it just for the, I didn't know I was going to end, just like Alyssa. Like, oh shit, what's what's going to go down here? Um, I get this and Insidious mixed up quite a bit. The the Rose Byrne movie. So mm -hmm. You know, similar feel, I guess. But uh, I was uh, I was excited to break this movie down. Yeah. Let's do it. Me too. Break it. Break it. Break it's trailer it time. Let's trail it trailer it we'll try it next time new details today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week i didn't want to move here we couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore plus the new story i'm writing is here is the story a good one this time i'm gonna write the best book that anybody's ever read i got a really good feeling about this <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. Family hanging out. Barbecue 79. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. First one I found dates back to the 60s. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. I have never been onto something this big before. Early Christians believed that Bagul actually lived in the images themselves and that they were gateways into his realm. Children exposed to the images were especially vulnerable to Bagul's abduction. Sweetheart, what are you doing? Painting. I wanted to paint her picture. Who are you talking about? Stephanie. She's living. What's the matter? What's happened? Get the kids. Pack the car. We have to leave here now. True crime writer Allison Oswalt relocates his family to a house in Chatford, Pennsylvania, where a family was hanged, with the aim of resurrecting his career by writing about the case. His wife Tracy, their 12-year-old son Trevor, and 7-year-old daughter Ashley are unaware of the house's dark history. Uh, oh, wow. So that opening scene. Woo! I guess, actually, we'll, we'll just go ahead and go to it there for all of our viewers. Um, wow. Little hanging of the family with the tree just it really just starts you off well knocks you off yeah, yeah i I, I will be honest i i forgot about that 
completely. Like, it's just like, you know, Lionsgate films, which I don't even know if that's what it was, but it's like all these other things. And then it's just four people hanging and it's like, what kind of film company is this? And you're like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> that's the that's, movie. <laughs> this is how it starts. But I got to say, I hate it. Ugh. I absolutely hate it. Just because you just see that saw moving, just and sitting there by right, itself. You and you're like, yeah. And you're like, what the hell is that thing? Well, yeah, I guess at that point we can't see the little girl. that She's. Yeah. You know, the one killing them. But yeah, it's. It was totally one of those like moments too, because you're on it for so long that you're like, all right, there's so, there's something I'm supposed to be seeing here. So I found myself like just scanning all over, like, all right, what's moving? Is there something happening? And then yeah, you finally notice this, you know, bright sog moving through the air. But uh, yeah, it's trippy. I feel like we came at. I mean, I know the was the director and the producer was the same as Paranormal Activity, but we had a lot of these um, camcorder, a lot of these like. You know, this t style w was very mm -hmm. big, I feel like, for a good amount of time. Uh, was it something y'all were a fan of? Like, did, did y'all like those types of movie type of movies? This one didn't bother me at all. Like, I, I didn't mind this one. Like, whenever it gets into, like, Paranormal Activity was, like, okay. Not my favorite style of filming with that one. But then, oh, what was that monster movie? Cloverfield. Um, Cloverfield. Over the top. Yeah, like that one was. Too I felt. Much. I felt that's like, yeah, I'm getting seasick sitting here watching this. Like it's just yeah. shaking all over the place. Paranormal activity, you know, they put it on the stand for the majority of the movie, mm -hmm. so it was pretty level and and still. But I mean, this one didn't bother me at all because it was very minor part. I say minor, but like not a lot of it was that handheld right. camera. I liked this one. I liked it in this one because it gave that old school. I mean, even just watching film, it's a different, mm -hmm. it looks different than digital. And so I think that that kind of gave it an element to it. And then when you find out later that Bagul maybe lives through the images, I don't know, just having a camera like that, it just, it makes the story. I think that that, that ticking sound too, they use yeah. that throughout the movie, which was just kind of nice that they did. But this opening scene, I remember looking over to Brian. He fell asleep very shortly after this, and I had to watch the rest of the movie all by myself <laughs> like a big girl with the windows cracked. Remember I mentioned? And I was oh, like, yeah. as far in the corner in the couch as I could possibly be, so I felt safe. You know, because you don't want your toes hanging over the couch or the bed, and you don't want someone to be able to grab behind you. So I remember saying, oh, my God. You know, being, being hanged has got to be the worst way to die. Just being mm. restrained, not being able to, even if you're not going to survive, at least feel like you have a fighting chance, maybe. And then as the movie progressed, I'm like, I feel this way about all of the deaths in the movie. Like, yeah. they're not just the family died. They're in these horrific, yeah, just... Yeah, pool drowning one, like being struck <sighs> in the chair and then pulled it, like, whoa. Well, and that's, that's what I, Dear like, goodness. It, it was bad on all the deaths and, and you're right. It did get worse, but it was like, you know, I feel like the hanging is terrible. The car scene, like that Fire. one is mm -hmm. fucking bad. The drowning in the pool. Yeah. That one's like, whew. but They're all I feel like the, way. I feel like the one that's like out of place is the, you know, sleepy time. The final. No, the final was the painting. 
the final was painting of the house. Sleepy time was mom and dad and brother strapped to the bed and he slits their throats. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, as You're far right. as deaths, that one's probably the easiest, the most painful. Yeah, that one's that one's got to be like the fastest. But for sure, that one's ooh, traumatizing, but it doesn't work. Can you imagine if yeah. we're able to like hold it up and live through that? Ooh. Oh. You know, one of those first interactions that we, we get to see with the family is right moving into the new house. Uh, we get to meet the sheriff who comes out there and meets him out the front door, which, you know, I picked up. I guess this is a normal thing for them. I guess he, you know, he throws the cops under the bus a little bit with, with some of his stuff. But I, I don't is know. that why they hate him so much? Like, because he yeah, reveals so things that they missed or mistakes mm -hmm. they made. Yeah, he he had found in um, Kentucky bluegrass, Kentucky blood, blood, blood. Kentucky blood. <laughs> We've been talking about grass seed. <laughs> we were seeding. It's that time of year, folks. Sorry, you know, not babies. If you, if you need any advice, call me. Um, actually, I've been yeah hammering down on it too. Anyway, yeah, Kentucky blood. Noted. He uh, yeah, like he he ended up finding like evidence <laughs> about the the person that was you know not necessarily framed for the murder but the actual murder but he ended up like finding evidence that exonerated him and let him go free and like basically the cops got that interpretation that they're sh like he makes them come out to be like shitty people yeah so on their job i was gonna say i just can't believe too like the right after that you know now learning that the deaths happened in the house and we look in the backyard yeah the tree branch is still attached. Like we, <laughs> what? Yeah, you, you you hear the sheriff be like, and I find this in a, an incredibly bad taste. Like I I can remember the first time watching it. Like what? What the fuck is he talking about? And then it like comes over to the house and it's like, oh shit! Yeah, the tree branch is still down. Okay, remind me when we they move in. They've got the Chinese food, but then first night Ellison's already setting up his office. Right. And that's when we get to see that he's got like, like he sets it up like every Dude, that is... he wants to. Right. You've got your your yarn, your photos, your files. I love that shit. Dude, I, I love like he's got all the boards with like the lights above and the way that they're just angled perfectly. Like, holy shit, Detective Dan coming he's in. He's got every kind. He's got dry erase board. He's got cork board. <laughs> he's got like everything that he could possibly need. Yeah, totally loved the office setup. Just yeah. crazy mode. If, I, if and, only I could do that with fantasy football stuff over mine. And he's got the like biggest room in the house mm -hmm. as his office. Like, fuck a living room, kids. We don't need TV at all. I'm setting up in the living room 100%. Yeah, he just takes over. But if you're going to do it, do it. right? Because you figure most of what he has is going to be exactly what the police had. And if he's saying that there's something that they missed, then I don't know. I'm a visual person, so I think that stuff matters. Like the way that you have it presented and lined up and connected, that's going to allow you to process it differently. So... Also, of him being a writer, like maybe that is a strategy too, just organizing your thoughts. But I loved that part of it. I also thought it was a little bit sad that, like, my dad didn't have an office. My dad's office was the garage, right? Kids were 95% of the time, you're welcome to just kind of pop in, 
You know, if he's yeah. using like the saw or he's working on the Harley, you know, be careful, be mindful. But it was sad that he spends so much time in his office. You guys just moved to a brand new town and no one can go in there. Door has to be shut. And like when his office. daughter delivers that. Right. When she delivers like the coffee or something earlier in the movie and he's like, oh, thanks, honey. Or shuts the door. Oh my gosh. Like, so you even so that two minutes. <laughs> well, that that part has always pissed me off. Because, I mean, yeah, like, what's what's the first rule? Like, we don't go in Dad's office. And what's the second rule? The office door is always locked. And, like, everybody's just blum ho ha about it. But, yeah, you don't go in there because looking at some of the shit he's got on the walls, mm -hmm. yeah, understandable. But, I mean, also, the fact that he's, like, I have to work in my office. Like, I don't want to be bothered. And... It like with the coffee scene, you know, his wife's like, now daddy prefers his coffee in a certain way. So we oh, have yeah, to like be so very, and it's like, it's like, what's going to happen if the coffee has too much sugar? Is he going to come out and beat the shit out of you? Like, what is like, what, what is this dynamic that they have with each other? Honestly, I wouldn't be yeah. afraid of like, maybe that might be a touch extreme but the way he treated them i really wouldn't be surprised by that like he's clearly selfish he's you know trying to go back and live in the, the glory days doesn't care what he puts the family through they have as you said jj you know those special rules about how that works the way he blows up on um tracy several times like just goes yeah. from like you know a casual argument all of a sudden he's like screaming to the point where he sounds like a frog like patrick mahomes calling a play mm -hmm. over there just, it, you know, just i don't know I, I didn't like him very much and honestly i think he's kind of dumb as in most scary movies they make horrible choices why are you investigating this in yeah. the in the pitch <sighs> no, go get a flashlight buddy and not the one on your phone yes, yes. shelf a mag yep big old <laughs> bitch you know <laughs> well that's i mean <laughs> doesn't even have to be that it could be just a nice little clicky one a little yeah, miniature but, one anything yeah, is but better you can than beat that. the shit out of you can beat the For shit sure. out of a little zombie kid with a mag light like, come on touch my shit oh i don't wanna okay maybe this is a stretch but they don't fill this in so i filled it in with my own narrative but like you said brian he's kind of selfish and he obviously prioritizes his job and like his happiness of having to have a comeback book. And I can't write textbooks or work for a university, right? He is saying that I'm willing to risk it for my happiness versus provide for my family. There could be a part two conversation on where's the balance in that because well, I mean, and he deserves to be he, happy too as an adult. But he says it. He says it himself during their argument that like his happiness is becoming the next you know but be, be, being great again whereas his wife comes back and says no your happiness is your like me and me and your two kids that kind of deal so right. yeah 100 percent right Alyssa. so maybe their dynamic is like he he writes the books he pays the bills and she is the actual like present invested available parent and so she just says, whatever, we're moving. I don't want to fucking move to this house. We're still keeping our old house. We're not selling that. Maybe she just said it's not worth the fight because you're kind of whiny and snivelly. 
when you get upset. And maybe that's where the coffee comment came from. Like, I don't want to hear your dad's whining, sniveling ass at 830 in the morning. No, that's so true. So just make his coffee right, please. Even from the get-go, his son, Trevor, he goes back into his, he regresses with his behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. Waking up in the middle of the night, being outside. That was startling. And he didn't really care. Well, like his, that's something else. Like, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later. But one thing I want to touch is like, did does his entire family take like Tylenol PM before they go to bed? Dude is so loud at night. So fucking loud. Yeah. Oh, drove me crazy too. Hmm. Well, what's you want to take us to do? Let's get into a little bit more of the meat of the meat of the movie. Let's do it. All right, let's hang it up there. <clears throat> Ellison's exploration of the house's attic yields a horrific discovery. A box containing preserved scorpions and a trove of Super 8 films, each innocuously labeled as home videos. These films reveal gruesome family murders and their chilling executions by an unseen camera operator. The eerie symbol in the films and the enigmatic figure known as Mr. Boogie becomes a source of unease, while one film eerily matches an unsolved St. Louis case from 1998. The attic's supernatural disturbances and a startling encounter with a Rottweiler heighten the mounting sense of dread in the household. Well, this leads us straight into the attic. With my first question, I made lots of notes on this movie, okay? Uh, okay. Who who made these films? Where did they come from? Why was that not questioned? Right, you know some creepy shit happened. He, what he do you mean it was? When he was watching the movie, he wrote who wrote the, or who, who filmed yeah. the movies. And then he found out the kids. You're it right. was the missing kids that was the one filming them. Well, later on, yeah. Well, that was but, way later that yeah. he finds that out. Okay, you're right. I totally forgot. I watched this movie on Friday, so I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. What? I was going to say, when you asked us about the, the house, I thought you were going to ask me about our attic. Because that is the sad thing I have to say is our house. It kind of has two attics. One's above the uh, the garage, and then the second one's detached from it. It's above the the second story of the house, and mm -hmm. one above the. Garage, we don't acknowledge that one. We've got a big door. We walk right into it. It's got a huge open area, big light. I can see everything. The other attic, I need a ladder to get into, and I don't know what's up there. We've been in this house almost eighteen months, and I've never been up there because. <laughs> I don't want to find Well, anything. we ain't going to start now, not in October. So, <laughs> not after this movie. So, I didn't I didn't think about that. And like here's like my house has two separate attics. One over the garage and then it's walled off. And then I mean, it, it's basically one continuous attic, but there's a wall in the middle. So, all over the house. Anyway, I had to uh, you know, my brother-in-law and I put in that uh, digital antenna this weekend and i was like oh yeah i gotta get up in the attic i've only been in this attic once mm. never like crawled up like in the other one either like it's there's no ladder there's nothing like you have to set up a ladder push the yeah, ceiling over to crawl up there and it's like no lights shit like that and i'm like nah i'm out <laughs> I ain't not today ah uh, yeah I don't, the grudge ruined that for me. So I don't do addicts. But yeah, this, I mean, I guess you're right. He, he took note of who, who made these, but I mean, when you see that the first one is a murder, 
Do you stop or do you keep going? Watching him at night too. Like I think that's one of those like I'd want to watch it during the day. Like I just cannot do that. Yeah. I, I yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like he calls the cop. Well, actually that's later, but I would I would be ringing the police ASAP, dude. Like but then he loses all of his like, you know, his evidence for his book, all of that. Like, that's good right. stuff, you know. Yeah, that is good stuff, but I'm pretty sure you can get charged with a crime for like withholding evidence. It's only if he gets caught. I think that he's also like giving him benefit of the doubt. He's up against those cops didn't like him, right? They basically made it known that he's not really welcome there. So yeah. does he trust them? And also he is a writer. I don't know what his background is, but I'm going to assume that he's a bit more curious than the average cat, which... You know, curiosity killed the cat. Well, that was sure true in this movie. Like, sure. he just kept fucking feeding that monster. Oh, my gosh. He didn't know when to stop. It was hard to watch. <laughs> so, yeah. You're, like, screaming at him. Like, you're okay. You're stupid. I don't like you anymore. You deserve to die now. Just kidding. Not, like, really. But in the movie world. Yes. In the movie world. In Brian, pretend that we're not married. Your, your, your partner does that move you into a murder house without telling you immediate separation or no well i'm getting out of the house first um if they come with me then uh you know i think that's where the separation happens you stay and we're separated and I'm, I'm gone but yeah a murder house Alyssa. never would i ever should put that in the but game. i could also kind of see where he's coming from though i mean it's for his book whatever like yeah that's kind of shitty like, buy the house and then, you know, research it as you go. Like, don't move in. But yeah. also, like, how was he to know that this was a special case? Yeah, that it was, like, supernatural or, you know, what have you. Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess one of the, the first nights we have where he's investigating, I don't know if it was the first or second, uh, where he was watching the movie. But, yeah, the power goes out and we have, we've got this horrible flashlight scene. Crawling around, hmm. looking like, oh, oh my goodness! Are are you guys that curious? Are you gonna keep looking, or maybe I'll go wait in the bedroom with the family, and once you know we can get a little bit more light, I don't know. Like, what's up in the attic? Nobody's well, in. Well, first off, like, what kind of attic have you ever seen that you like? The stairs come down, and then you crawl up, and you have to like lift up with your head to get like another floorboard open oh like a panel or like a yeah or something like that maybe that was your sign this right. is supposed to stay shut yeah this needs to be shut for a reason right because then he finds the drawing of all the different murder scenes like mm -hmm. on, i don't know if that was on a piece of paper or something I think it was the cover of the box it was the inside of the box so then he falls through Right, and his his stupid little this is maybe this is why he had to have the phone instead of a flashlight because then he gets to see that as he was falling through, whew, all these little hands little are hands. all over his little body. Let me get that with my strong too. hand. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so I'm gonna ask again. At that point, why do you keep investigating? Right. That's not like that is not random. 
if you can freeze frame that and see it, like you need to do something about it and get out of that freaking house. And so that's I mean, why he calls the deputy. We're telling others. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we need to go to three. Let's go to three. I can't, Let's I can't remember it. what I was talking about. <laughs> Ellison's investigation turns dark as he shares his findings with a local deputy who reveals a horrifying pattern in the Super 8 films. These murders have occurred in various cities over the years, starting as far back as 1966. In every case, a child from the family has vanished. Furthermore, he uncovers that the Stevenson family had lived in the house previously occupied by the Miller family before moving to Chatford, adding a sinister connection. Desperate to understand the symbols and the mysteries within the films, Ellison consults occult specialist Professor Jonas. The professor hints at a disturbing revelation. These murders may not be the work of a lone killer, but rather a part of a chilling cult initiation rite. As the supernatural occurrences within Ellis's home escalate, ghostly children, invisible to him, become haunting. His daughter, Ashley, identifies one of these spectral children as Stephanie Stevenson, painting a chilling connection to the house's history. I forgot to mention, we were just talking about the uh, him falling through the hole. You know, they, they call the ambulance, obviously, check out his leg. Him standing there talking to that cop was, I guess, was that, that was Deputy So-and-so, wasn't it? Or was that yeah, it was. It, it was Deputy So-and-so. That's, that's their, like, formal that introduction. That's right. Yeah. But just that whole, like, yeah, scorpions, they have legs, but they, they won't make that noise. No, you got skulls yeah. up there, man. Like, the, snakes don't have legs. You could tell he was getting pissed off with so-and-so at first. And I guess, yeah, that's maybe uh, echoing what you were saying, JJ. Maybe that's why he picked him is because he was like, all right, this guy seems a little derpy to me. Yeah, I mean, I would I would have totally been like, hey, buddy, I'll give you a sucker if you go get this. Like, It's like National Treasure. Nick Cage fucking pays this kid a dollar for every letter that he fucking scratches out up against the fucking wall in Philly. Like... That's deputy so-and-so. And because mm-hmm. it, it seems like it. He comes off that way in their first interaction. You know, he's like, I, I forgot my book at the station. Like, can you get can you sign it? And then, sorry, that was a bad From thing. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, yeah, can, can, can you sign it? And then, like, he walks in. He's like, this is like a real, like, you got the yarn. Like, oh, man, this is so cool. It's like a little kid at Walmart, you know? Like, I'm in the toy aisle. Like, I want this one. I want this one. So when Ellison puts that together, or is it when he's watching the the video, his movie back, that he's, he turns to his phone and Bagul's face is in the screen and Bagul's face like moves. And that's our, as the audience, our first experience really seeing his face, right? Because mm-hmm. then after that... Well, it's- like, like the first time we see his face is the, um, is the pool. Those little videos. Yeah, we get little, right, yeah. like little snippets. See his, see his glimmers, but like, I mean, he's so like he he has to like zoom in and stuff to get his full frame face. Yeah, it's a creepy face. Like that first like real like you know the close up we got on it was, uh, it was chilling. I did not like the movement of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then when he's you know so then he's like okay I'm gonna find his face and he's going through all of the different videos and. Oh, I just got the chills. He sees it outside and it's the the picture of everyone hanging from the tree. And he looks to his actual backyard and he sees the freaking face in the backyard. Mm. And that's when he goes out there and it's actually Trevor 
out there in the bushes. And again, oh, why didn't you stop there? <sighs> My big question is maybe it was the encounter right before that, but it's when he's running around the house and he has the, the, the knife. You night one, you saw your kid jump out of the box. Why are you running around the house with a knife? You know, like you could accidentally yeah. bump into the kids so fucking easily. I get the bat. You're not going to stab them. You may hit them and it's going to hurt the shit. Like, but like, I'm yeah. so worried you're going to accidentally stab the wrong person, like going mm -hmm. around in the dark. Oh, so it killed me. So that's, that's like the first time I watched it this week. Like my thought was like, <laughs> that's why you buy a gun, you dumbass. And then it's like, eh, wait a minute. Like if I see a kid crawling out of a box like that, I am going to be down one kid, save some money at Christmas time. Like it's not going well. So it's a good thing he didn't have a gun. Right. You don't want to be trigger happy, but then, oof, oof, yeah. Um, Brian, you said it though, and this is going to be honestly probably my biggest complaint of the movie. Why was it so dark? I don't know if it's because I am losing my vision. Uh, not like an unhealthy rate, but you know, like I wear contacts, I wear glasses and I felt no. like I had a hard time watching the movie. So it was so freaking dark the entire time. Mm -hmm. And that bothered me. I wanted to adjust the brightness on my TV, just a few, just to bring it up a bit, because I felt like you well, had to be so locked in and focused. Well, the scene where he's, he's comparing or he finds out the St. Louis house, you know, he's like watching that movie and then he like adjusts the contrast on his yeah. on his MacBook. I was like, let's let's do that to the movie. <laughs> the whole thing, please. Yeah, and I get that's that's building the certain moments of the suspense and like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm lost in the dark. I can totally understand that, but when there's so much of it, I feel like it, it takes me out of it because I'm no longer in this moment. I'm more just annoyed. Like, all right, it's been 45 seconds and I haven't seen anything. Like, mm -hmm. give me a little something, something here. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally agree, Alyssa. Yeah. So then we we move on to connecting with the professor, which you know we've already kind of mentioned him, but that was a benefit of having deputy so and so having them connect. And I love how like his background is dark too when they're on the computer, but just so casually, he's got like a student bringing him tea, bringing him coffee. He's like, thanks, Jessica. Yeah. But I just thought that was like they didn't have to add that in there. And I just yeah. thought it was funny because maybe that if you see that, you know, okay, there's things well, that I can say to this guy that might be not correct or off the wall, and he's not gonna be the first to jump and judge and be like ethical. Yeah. Well, it it it, it makes you wonder, like, deputy so-and-so brings him up like yeah you know you should call this professor the state uses them for any time they have to like deal with the occult the fuck is going on in pennsylvania that they're calling this guy so much that a deputy from this small town knows about him like hmm creepy maybe bagul is uh is, is is a resident or something maybe i don't know we we don't know yet but I mean, I like this guy. He like, I do too. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan. I've read your books. I think this is great. And then he's like, so what are you looking at? Shows him this. And he's just like, yeah, you know, boom, I'm in like, yeah, there's been several murders. There's another one. Oh my gosh. What are we dealing with? Like, 
yeah. He's locked doesn't, in that stuff. Doesn't take long to convince this dude. And I love it. I'm like, hell yeah, get it, pimp. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then he, he gets to like we only have a few interactions with him, but he just drops information like that. Right? Let's him know this is the name. He's like the eater of the children. Early Christians think that he would live through the images somehow. So mm -hmm. at that point, we're maybe halfway through the movie-ish, almost to that halfway point. And you find all this out, Ellison. And yet you still, you keep on going. Keep so... We'll roll with it. Fucking around. Well, yeah, and that yeah, yeah, that's another thing that's not answered. Just how how does the projector keep coming back? Like, right? It, is it his bait that he's obviously using? But because I started thinking about it, like if you have never seen this movie before, and you go into the attic of your new house, even the one that's well lit and accessible, and there's a box in the corner that says like family movies like you gonna watch it no we move out no i'm yeah. saying if like this is like like you don't know never that there's even any scoopy or yeah. yeah no i'm moving out we're not touching that i mean i think i might explore especially if they're on a reel like that that's pretty badass like that's old yeah. you know but then the second that i see that it's a murder no well, I, okay, I'm I, yeah, but I mean, like by that point, it's I guess technically it's already, you've seen it. Yeah, it's it might be a little too late. Yeah, once you've seen it. But what I was thinking too is this movie essentially dated. Ten years after this movie happens, it shows up in somebody's attic. They look at this. Oh, cool! It's an old movie thing. They don't know how to work it. They're just gonna throw it away. That's why it's got the projector with it. Right? Right. Well, they don't know how to figure that out. Well, I mean, look at YouTube. Old tech. <laughs> yeah, look, do, do what Ellison did. He fucking Googles it. Like, well, he Googles how to repair film, but so Brian's not watching it. Alyssa, you're watching it. JJ, the I'm films. watching it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna probably replay and like dress up as Clark Griswold as I'm watching it, like. We've got Reddit now, right? And there are times when I've seen things on Reddit that I didn't want to see and I should have clicked away five seconds earlier than I, I yeah. wanted to. And you're like, wow, that was traumatic and I didn't think that was really going to happen. But now I know, right? Now I see something and I'm like, mm, looks risky. Keep on scrolling. Just yeah, because you've... I used to say, let my curiosity just run wild. But then you get to a point and you're just like, no, I don't really need that floating around and my brain to play with that. And so oh, I yeah, kind of put boundaries totally, on my curiosity. You've killed that cat 100%. Like, nope. Yeah. We're not We're not going to deal with it. We're going to keep moving. Yep. Once you watch those two yep. girls in that cup, you can't see it go back. Oh, my God. That's, that's some truth. That is probably but the I first mean, video I'm like, wow. Wow. They yeah. did that. Didn't need to see that. That's exactly what you think it is. I mean, you, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what you think it is. But then now that's trained you to anything that sounds like weird and funky like that. You're see. like, no. <laughs> I, I'm, okay, you might be that way. I'm no. like, nope, I'm good. Go well, okay, let's just let's just go with this hypothetical. Brian bought the house, Alyssa. He pulled a he pulled a gym. And bought a house without your permission. 
Okay, you're Pam. Okay. You love him. You're moving into the house with him. Okay. The house is haunted. You don't know that house is haunted or people were murdered there 90 days before. Mm-hmm. You you know none of it. But now your daughter is drawing paintings of the dead girl or the missing girl and playing in the same backyard where these people were hung. And you just found out about it. What is your reaction? Oh. Follow me to the bedroom. Well, that's what she did. Her little kids go to your room, and she like went to oh. the bedroom and like waited for him to go in there. Like, we're gonna talk. Woo! Yeah, and it's like, do you not think your kids are hearing all the yelling that you're doing? Oh so, yeah, those walls. Okay. Those walls are paper thin. Come on now. I, I I don't know. Honestly, things that are upsetting past an, a, a nine, like a nine or a ten on the scale of zero to ten, sometimes like that's something you would almost stun me. Like, I don't know if I would have a reaction. I think, yeah, I'd like rip you a new one and be like, how could you? Are you, what the hell? All these things I'm going to say. But then beyond that, like, that's such a deceitful, horrible thing to do, careless thing to do, that I I would have a hard time processing that. As I say on Shark Tank. And with that, I'm out. I'd be going back to mortgage number one. That man. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I it, it, like she says it. She's like, I'll go stay with my sister. It's like, right. Yeah. I would have been like, yeah, please do. Like, not because I don't love you or I don't want to like share a life with my family, but it like at that point with everything that's happened, like I would be weary about like, okay, what the fuck did I get us into? Uh, you know, like what what. Uh, yeah. Maybe well, I messed kids. up. Maybe you're right. Like, yeah. Well, Alyssa, well, you want to take us to four? Allison receives historical images from Jonas, including the symbol and three symbolic creatures associated with Bagul a scorpion, a snake, and a dog. These images were believed by early Christians to serve as gateways for Bagul, enabling him to cross from the spiritual realm into the mortal world and possess vulnerable children. As Ellison delves even deeper into the mysteries, he makes a chilling discovery in his attic. He finds the projector and films alongside a new reel labeled Extended Cut Endings. The deputy, alarmed by Ellison's findings, reveals an unsettling revelation. Every family who met a tragic end in these films had lived in the house where the previous murders occurred. This revelation leads to a bone-chilling pattern. Each new murder takes place shortly after the family relocates from the previous crime scene. With the unsettling chain tracing back to the horrific killing of the Martinez family by arson in 1979, shortly after they moved from the site of the 1966 drownings in Portland, Oregon. By moving away from the Stevenson house, Ellison unknowingly marks himself and his family as the next potential victims. The new footage uncovered in the attic adds a horrifying layer to the mystery, revealing the missing children as the actual perpetrators under the influence of Bagul causing a sense of impending doom for Ellison and his family. I definitely forgot all about the fucking Rottweiler until I was recording these little segments. Like, I remember there being, I guess, like a dog. But I think so much was happening, I didn't really put that together. Yeah, it was when he went to go get the bat after he brought in uh, the boy. Dog was outside. He's like, let me grab my bat real quick. So I can bash in your brains. 
And that's when we saw Oh, you're right. Okay. But yeah, at that point, you still have no idea that, like, we're seeing three animals. There's some sort of, you know, the symbolism behind them that, like, that's the sign between that moving from the houses. Um, right. I guess, is this, I want to say this is our second movie. I feel like we've talked about this before. But you wake up in the middle of the night, your spouse comes up to you and says, hey, pack your shit, get in the car, we're leaving. No questions asked. Uh, after yeah. all the freaky stuff, I, I see how that she probably already had a bad, her bag packed. You know, she had a go bag. She's probably like, thank God, I've been waiting for this ever since well, I found out. Would Okay, so if, if that happened, would you like ask, like, no, what's going on? It's like, did I stutter? Pack your shit, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, you got a long drive ahead of you, you can tell the story. Like, then. I'll tell you in the car, that should be an automatic thing. Like, people should realize this. If your significant other says, pack your shit, we have to fucking go, don't ask questions. Right. Pack your shit, pack your shit and go. And then if you're we being can talk woken about up. it. Mm -hmm. You know, he pops up, he falls down the stairs, and then the projector comes falling, and all the films and the box and everything comes falling down, and then he takes it out and burns it. It's mm -hmm. not until that stuff's on fire, and he's like watching it burn. That his wife comes out like, what are you doing? And yeah, she's still like, kind of like half asleep. It's like, did you not hear all the fucking commotion? Yeah, I guarantee you dropped which means... that projector and all that film. It's making noises. <laughs> which makes me think that this is a dream. Again. Or maybe it's actually huh. a point to your previous notion when you're talking about him and his drinking problem and his bad, bad habits. Maybe she's used to him late at night working on stuff and yeah. him getting frustrated, throwing shit around, breaking stuff. You know, maybe that's part of his process. So, no, he's like, a Kyle. Know. He's punching the drywall. Yeah. Ooh. Mm -hmm. No wonder he has so many things up against the walls in his office. you got to cover up the holes in the, <laughs> the, holes. In the drywall. Oh, okay. That makes and that's so, you know, they're out of town. And of course, of course, dad gets pulled over, hauling ass, getting out of town when he's finally been knocked sense of. And that deputy is glad to see it. No, that's and sheriff. At, that's boss yeah, hog. Sheriff. Or, right, sheriff. My bad. So at that point. I know JJ, you may not be able to answer this, but I did. I thought that the movie was over. Like I thought they were going to go back home. Maybe something well, else was going to happen to wrap it up. But like I kind of thought, hmm, maybe we're near was. the end. I mean, yeah, like, like you you get that sense of like, oh man, they got away. Which, if you're a fan of horror movies, you know that. Mm hmm. Mm. Not uh, uh not today. Uh uh uh. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this but, house that they move into is fucking massive. No, we've touched on it before, but yeah, I've got it playing next to me to my left, and this thing, bitches, dude, like, house. I, he he talks like at the very beginning. They're like, no, we're not going to eat takeout food because we're paying two mortgages. No, you're paying like six mortgages. Right? <laughs> One is one is that that house you're moving into. No, five is the house you moved out of. Which, holy shit! Mm -hmm. And I like too how we see. You know, he tries to make this separation. I guess it's it's right after he makes the phone call. You know, he finally talks to the professor the second time. But like, he tries to make this. Nope, I'm done with this and delete all the things. But 
I don't know. I feel like after that second conversation with the professor, wouldn't you be that much more intrigued? Like, I well, I think the bottom of this because this isn't going away. Like, never once had I, I, I just always looked at it and just been like, yeah, his face is down at the bottom of the thing. Like, that's, that's what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was the connection, all the connection we needed. Scary guy. Yeah. Houses dead people. There's his face. Right. And then, yeah, the professor, like, but I mean, he get you get these images and like, that is the first thing he notices, which after you notice it, then you're like, holy shit. And he's like, hey, man, I knew that all this stuff had to get connected in some way. And then, yeah, that's when he kind of maps out that, you know, they moved into a dead person's house. They move again. And then. So I just looked through my notes from watching this. And this bullet point is in all capital letters. Okay, it says, why TF would you watch the extended cut endings when you know what you know? (laughs) And then the next (laughs) line is deputy connects timeline and he in all capital letters still effing watches the films <laughs> so when i was watching this i would say uh no i would confirm why would you do that well yeah he had to go to the effort to of splicing it so it's not like it was an impulsive emotional decision yeah oh my god i've got to fucking watch him no he had to go to the office and put them all together figure out which one like right. oh no, man he, he deserved it Stephanie. The green in the whiskey glass. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Was he poisoned by a glow stick? So, no. Did you not see the very end? Well, Brian pointed that out to me afterwards. But I okay. still haven't put together <clears throat> what everything. Because it was Bagul's so, I mean, hand that was glowing he, green. You see his green hands as he's carrying the girl away at the very end. That's how I was like. Yeah, that's that was kind of my indicator too. I noticed his hand, and I was like, "All right." So this whole ending blew my mind. You know, we're we're seeing this. I knew, I think I checked, and I knew I was like, "All right, we got like fifteen, maybe ten minutes left from the time that he's watching the extended cut." Um, and you know, then yeah, next thing we know, he's dead, and we've got the girl with the axe, and we've got the neck even bent. Like you've got just the huge opening arc. You're like, "Holy shit, she's about to just chop off this motherfucker's head," and. It blew my mind. Like I said, I really thought he was going to have to go into another realm and fight to get his son back or his daughter back. Nope. It's just cut and dry. You lost. You fucked up. You watched the movie. Daughter kills him. And then, you know, obviously, as we see, you know, the cover of the movie, the whole hand dragging blood that's, you know, the daughter painting in the house. And, like, so much happens quick. Like you said, Alyssa, and I, I loved the bow they put on this bitch. It was great. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I do, um, after a certain point, you're like, dude, you deserve to die, right? You're leaning into this a little too much. And I'm glad that we didn't have to see much about his wife and his son because Mm -hmm. they were just kind of innocent bystanders in this. Like, He's really the one who brought this on his family. Um, But I did not remember the movie ending that way. So I saw the note of Goodnight Daddy, and I'm like, oh, shoot, what's about to happen? And then I still had this hope that, I don't know, she wouldn't. But he also, he didn't fight it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like you said, he accepted it. He knew it, but he literally just laid there. And maybe it was the drugs, too. You know, you're not totally coherent. But um, I was surprised that she could pick up that axe, not going to lie. It was just about as tall as she was. And then when she, at the end, she draws, she adds to the photo and like, 
she didn't just kill him. She chopped him up. Yeah, it was she like, yeah, can sure. be a meat carver, <laughs> she, right? She's like she was one hundred percent ice, like ice road, not ice road trucker. Ice uh, the ice truck killer. Ice truck yeah. killer. Yep. So, like Alyssa kind of said, she like I we watched this Friday night. I fell asleep, got up way too early Friday, and fell asleep while watching this. Well, I've got a habit of falling asleep when we watch something anything past like eight p.m. Mm-hmm. So I usually like try and tuck my head down below the pillow so she can't <laughs> see my eyes. Well, there's a few jump scares in this movie, so I've gotten to the point where my body just like knows to try and like fake it. Like, I woke he up does. To one of the jump scares, and, like I remember waking up like, oh my gosh, that was so scary, and she was like, "You were fucking sleeping. Shut up." <laughs> I've been out for like forty minutes. But, like like at this point, I'm in the thick of I, like, it. Wake up and I just go, "Oh my gosh, did you see that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <but> you didn't. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> time for the too much slice meter. Well, everybody, if this is your first time, but we know it's not, everybody comes back around here. Well, I guess if it's your first time, you can't come back. But yes, we are here to break down this we'll movie and back. find out how great of a movie night movie it is. Here around these parts, we judge it on a pizza. A uh, zero to eight slice meter, a zero slice movie being uh, chopped up, destroyed, and your family eaten, or whatever the hell he's doing with the bodies. I guess just killing them. And an eight slice movie is going to be an awesome one. It's going to be, uh, yeah, living in that dope ass pad they had in the end of the movie. That house was cool. Mm hmm. Until you did. Until you did. Or paying for the AC bill on that thing. No, thank you. Uh, but JJ, this was your movie. You have a preference where you go tonight? No, I don't have a preference where I go, but I want Alyssa to go first on this one. Oh, uh, off in the hot seat or the cheesy seat, as we say around Ooh. here at Too Much Movie Night. Well, with your little examples and narratives and metaphors, yeah, lots of cheese. Nice little oily pepperonis um, underneath those cheeks, maybe a couple of mushrooms <laughs> propping up the old legs. Whoa, say, that got weird. <laughs> no, too much, too much, too much. Too much. Bring it back. Bring it back. Just a little cheese kind of pizza today. <laughs> kind of feel like uh, White Goodman with the pizza, pepperoni pizza, putting it down his <gasps> pants. Like, whoa, Michelle, knock next time. What do you say about knocking? <laughs> Man, so usually, like, I don't care about going first or wherever, but I, this That's one. That's why I chose you. Yeah, I feel like the first person kind of sets the tone. So I don't know, but here we are. Um, I never thought about the fact that that dope-ass pad is now the new murder house. How unfortunate. That sucks. That wasn't me. This is intentional? So, okay. I'm glad that you picked this movie, JJ, because it's a good one. I think, like, this time of year is when I personally jump into the scary movies because that's not really something I'm looking for often. It's not my favorite genre. It's not where I pull to, but this is definitely a good one. Um, I will circle back to it every year, but Ellison was dumb and, and he brought this upon his family and he really wasn't that good of a dad or a husband. And the movie was so damn dark. And so those things just make me kind of blah towards the movie itself. Um, 
I do like, though, that the kids all have each other at the end. You know, you think about they all murder their families. That's <laughs> fucked up. But now they have each other. And so there were different elements of the movie that connected. I can appreciate how they connected. Um, but for the sake of you guys giving me the background music of monologuing again, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think this movie should get a four. Just a half and half. Ain't terrible movie. Not the best, but I will definitely watch it again. That's where I'm at. Four slices for Alyssa. All right. Well, Alyssa, move your ass over. I'm jumping in that cheesy oh, seat oh, now. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Easy there, JJ. It's not Christmas, JJ. It's Halloween. Come on. Yeah. No, that was like a fake at It's the Nightmare Before Christmas, actually. Like I said, I think this is the second time I've seen it. Uh, I thought it was great. It felt like the first time because of just the, the ending of the movie, uh, which does... I'm torn. Uh, most horror movies aren't my cup of tea. This one is is right where I like it. There's a monster. It's not, you know, over the top, unbelievable. Uh, we don't have all these crazy rules. But my biggest complaint, as Alyssa hit, it's dark. It's so hard to see. And I found myself wanting to grab my phone in those moments. You know, like maybe if I get a little bit less, like I get the tone that we're setting to with these scary, like, murder scenes but damn if that wasn't a little too much for me like how much of the movie was spent in there um i find four appropriate Alyssa, but i i think it needs to go a little bit higher ah uh, but not quite as five i'm gonna go four and a half slices for myself i liked this this is going to be a halloween movie that i watch or spooky season movie what what have you uh, i'll watch it again but it's uh it's got its place on the meter for sure JJ, let's get you in place. Put me in the cheesy seat. Ooh, cheesy. I will say that I, I I do really enjoy this movie. I mean, I've seen it so many times. Um, and Alyssa's right. The dad, Ellison, first off, your name is Ellison. If I meet anybody named Ellison, I'm going to be like, you're a fucking douchebag. This guy lives up to the douchebag persona. His wife comes in like, hey, I'm going to go put the kids to bed. And he's like, okay, yeah, kiss them goodnight for me. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, right. You get 100% of what you deserve at the end of this movie. Your daughter's going to chop your head off. Good for her. Fuck yeah. But you want to talk about daddy issues, I mean... Sweetheart, just become a stripper like everyone else. Come on. Oh, God. I do. Sex workers on the pod. You know, (laughs) it's by choice. Do what you want to, ladies. Every Saturday night, we support them. Her words, not mine, but whatever. But no, I mean, like, yeah, this this movie is definitely one that I think it it has its jump moments, obviously. But it, it makes you question it. It's how you do it these days. And for that, I got to give this movie... Five and a half slices. Oh, and a half. Five point five. Like five. So with Alyssa's four slices, my four and a half slices, and JJ's five and a half slices, that is going to bring us out to a four point six seven movie. Oh, yes, folks. I know. We got to tell you where does that land 
in our uh, the plethora of movies we've done. Now uh, 54 movies in, everybody. Congratulations. Uh, 4.67 is actually going to be tied. We've got three of that spot with Spies Like Us, I Am Legend, and now Sinister. These mm. movies are better than Rush Hour, Law Abiding Citizen, and Kick-Ass, but not quite as good as uh, Disturbia, Mystic River, and I like it. You guys like where it sits? What are we feeling? I do. I do. Well, too bad. Oh, we do? Okay. Well, Can't wait to see what Steve has to say next week. Oh, folks. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you're going to be happy? Fuck garbage. Fuck garbage. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> My name's Steve. I like dominoes. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> It's gonna be howling. Miss you, Steve. We'll see you next week. Right? No. Yeah. Just loving it. Loving it. We all ready to get out of here? Do the damn thing. Well, it's that time, everybody. Check us out. (laughs) Spotify, YouTube. We're always there for you. Patreon, hundred bucks. Let us know what movie you want to do, and we have no problem taking care of it for you. Yes. Bye bye. (laughs) <laughs> bye bye <laughs> that's what Patches Low Hulahan says at the end of Dodgeball bye 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 <laughs> <laughs>